Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben <laughs> Kissel Show. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel with Mike Coscarelli, as always. Thanks, Hello. Mike. Okay. Yeah, you're done. All right. <laughs> good, good. I mumbled through that. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Who cares? All right. Today's guest, a, a great comedian. I've known her for a, a couple of years now. I just absolutely love her, and you'll love her, too. Janelle James is with us. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Janelle. Uh, you were talking about, uh, before the show, you were discussing you had a terrible set uh, a few nights ago or last night. Last night. And you put it on Facebook. You Fresh. said, I bombed. Yes. And then uh, you expected everyone to be extremely mean <laughs> to you. But what's happening in the world of comedy? The comedians were sympathetic and nice. Yes. It's disconcerting. <laughs> Isn't it awkward? You know, there's a thing called bensarity, and that's when I try to be sincere. Nobody takes it seriously. So I say, Mike, uh, nice beard. You know? Fuck you, Ben. Right, exactly. But but technically, I said, oh, nice beard, you know? And uh, and people, you know, they, they get upset. What is it? Do you think comedians are allowed to be sincere? Or when they are being sincere, you have to be suspect, don't you? What's what's their plan? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, are we allowed to be sincere? You got to sneak it in. Right. You sneak in the sincerity in between. the And I don't think anybody ever knows when we are. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm wondering, I'm hoping it's not because I'm a girl that everybody's being so nice to me. That would suck. I really wanted some ribbing why, is why I put it up there. But. Yeah. People aren't ribbon anymore. Well, it's very difficult. <laughs> a lot of people are extremely uh, sensitive now because, you know, you, the Internet is so full of stupid articles. And I, I posted this on Twitter, and I'll Dude, say it here on the air. angry. I am very, yeah, always angry. Always very upset. You know me, classic Wisconsin rage. That's what the state's known for. Uh, uh, cheese fountains, chocolate fountains, and rage. We love things in fountain form. I can't get enough of a bubbling liquid uh, chocolate. Anyway. Don't get me started on that right now. I want to, but I hate when they try to mix the <laughs> strawberry in there. Get your fruit out of here. Don't don't put chocolate around fruit. I know I'm eating fruit. You you put uh, you, you know carbs in there, breads. Anyway, um, I love you know bread bread and chocolate. Yeah, Dip it right in pound there. cake. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Pound cake's great. But there is uh, articles on the internet, and people are starting to read these articles online, and they're taking them far too seriously. And there's every day. You know, either a woman, a women aren't funny article, or a women are all extremely funny article. And so, do you where's be, that one? I've never seen that. Those one. are all around too. I mean, everyone's talking about something. I don't know how much they're getting for these I blogs. Read the women are all extremely funny. Article. Women usually write that one. Oh, okay. Or a man. You know, it doesn't matter. And women are extremely funny. But do you think maybe that plays into it? People are more sensitive, and they don't, they don't want to be perceived as misogynistic. So you can't necessarily go and get ribbed, or they'll it'll be seen as. Uh, you know, being part of the patriarchy. Nah, no. I think you're uh, stretching. <laughs> I gotta stretch. I think everybody's nice because comedians uh, were a family, you know? Oh my goodness. Is. What is this? A family? It's like, I mean, it's full of a bunch of drunks, but who's the parent? Well, not me, but <laughs> I think it's everybody was just sympathizing with me as far as bombing, and I'm fucked up and would have ribbed other people, but they were just nice i don't like this nice comedian <laughs> thing not a fan i'm surprised too i'm trying to roll with it <laughs> i don't know the whole damn world's too nice full of safe spaces and bizarre other areas you can't say anything anymore and now comedians are being nice we're the last line of defense of being rude well we're being nice to each other so that's fine we can still be rude to everybody else do you think there is something to be said though you know there is one thing about comedians that uh that I that is a little bit um, disconcerting sometimes. And Mike, I've seen your Facebook feed, by the way. You can be a real rude fella on yeah, there. Yeah, I'm a rude fuck. 
Is there ever a too soon in comedy, do you think? Nope. No. No. Even after a terrorist uh, nope. you know, act, something like that, never nope. too soon. Nope. So you see it on the news, you heard 14 people killed, and you're just like, let's write a joke. Yes, that's how I am. I'm, I'm devastated when I can't think of something fast enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real tragedy of the terrorist yes. event, is that Janelle James wasn't able to think about a joke fast enough. Somebody else gets some, some that, that's just where I'm like, fuck. I, oh, can I curse on this? I'm of sorry. course you can swear, uh, yeah. That I just think is so good, and oh, I get so upset. <laughs> but so not, not the actual horrific event. Well, it, it seems like horrific events are every five seconds now. So it's, right. I, I like yawned reading about the last shooting, which which kind of fucked me up. What does that say about you and American society in general? Because you're right, there's been 355 mass shootings so far this year. A mass shooting is. Uh, Four or more people. This is and not necessarily killed, but shot. Okay. So, uh, what do you th- what do you think that says about society? That it's like you hear about the mass shooting, you're immediately thinking about jokes, and the actual event itself has become so. You know, people talk about this can't be the new normal for America. It is, it, but it's not the new. It's just the normal. Yeah. It's been the normal since yeah. Columbine. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. We're desensitized now, and it's just like, oh, another one. Like, fuck, how many jokes do I have to write on the same subject? <laughs> Right. I, I'm so out of gun jokes. My last shit was killer, and now I got to top that. I, I don't know if I can. So, yeah, yeah, I literally yawned reading it, which kind of, yeah, and I caught myself and thought that was pretty fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. Everyone tries to get their points across, though, and they get their likes and their faves and their shares, and they get the blogs uh, to be read all, pi- all piggybacking oftentimes on immense tragedy and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, you did. A, you've done stand up. How many years have you been doing stand up now? Seven. Seven years. And you started in Chicago, right? No, I you're started, not Chicago. Mm-mm. I hadn't. That's a misconception. I wish I was from Chicago because opened, they are tight. Right. You know? for the, right. For those that know, she opened up for Hannibal Burris, who is a very yeah. well known Chicago comedian. And uh, yes. Anyway. But yeah, I never performed in Chicago until I moved here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I um, started in Champaign, Illinois, which is three hours outside of Chicago. Okay. I never. I never. Um, I knew I would eventually. Once I started uh, liking comedy a lot, I knew I would eventually move to New York, and so I felt like, I, why even try to infiltrate the chicago scene right right why waste that not waste the time but spend that time yeah when i can just come, skip it and come straight to new york so. and champagne illinois of course that is the only place where you're allowed to make uh champagne for uh the people <laughs> without in- a made corn <laughs> yes with corn which i think is uh i think that's moonshine yeah but that's okay <laughs> that's what the midwest calls uh that's our version of champagne college town mm, it's yeah. beautiful when did so did you uh when did you start stand up just seven years ago was it uh, a, a, a later decision in life yeah to start it? i was 28 and did you we're now I mean, that's which is totally a wonderful age to start no, if you i are think tw- that's late though yeah. it, it might be a little bit late some people start at 35 rodney dangerfield didn't do it until well he started and mm-hmm. quit for 20 years and at 40 something 42 or something he came back so there different is no times age. different times <laughs> that's for sure you gotta start out straight out of the pussy now yeah that's right <laughs> cut the umbilical cord and give him a microphone exactly let's you hear what that? they got and then boom instead of slapping the baby to see if it cries just have it t- try to tell a joke and then boo it you see that's a nine-year-old female comic <laughs> there's not a nine-year-old there i firmly is. disbelieve there is no nine-year-old female there comic is. there might be a nine-year-old who is regurgitating jokes <laughs> that her parents wrote for her or him you know i mean there's no she nine-year-old on, uh, good morning america i did a show last year this was last summer yeah. with a, a 13-year-old i don't mind 13 that's okay 13. you're a teenager 
And he'd already been doing it though for like like he was he was ahead of me. He was right. thirteen. Like He's seven years in. Light years ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> he and Janelle have been doing it for the same amount exactly. of time. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's not right. I don't like it. I I feel I don't like, we, like it either. We, we exploit children at a far too young of an age in this culture. We live in a pedophilic society. That's what I firmly believe, and I talk about it on a regular basis when it comes to those television networks such as MTV and MTV Two. It's disgusting. And the TLCs of the world, the honey boo-boo phenomenon, all these child pageants and whatnot, it's disgusting, disturbing, and wrong. <laughs> Nine-year-olds shouldn't be doing stand-up comedy. But 28, you, were, you, you, uh, you got past. I would assume you had some reservation. You probably had the idea that, oh, I am too late to start. But no. you said, forget about it. I'm doing it. No, I didn't, have, I didn't know anything about it. And I don't think anybody starting where I started new knows anything about the business part. I was oh, just yeah, doing Oh yeah, not the business, but yeah. the but but comedy in general. I mean, I'm I'm from Wisconsin. The Midwest loves comedy. It's mm-hmm. a huge comedy um yeah, part but of in the, the Midwest, the only people you really run across are the road comics who are all in their 30s and 40s. Right, right, on right. the road. I didn't know about the whole MTV any or anything about that. Right. I didn't feel like the age restriction until I moved here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So once you got to New York, then you were just like, "Oh, I understand." Oh, everybody's now. babies. <laughs> <laughs> they really are, you know. Yeah, nine years old, he's going to have it or she's going to have a show when she's 10 and she'll be in rehab by the time she's 13 right. and then by 20. Right. You're, they, it does skew a lot younger. I'm 34 years old now and that's why I, I constantly have no problem mocking the MTVs of the world because I will never be on their network. I am far too old and dare I say, not attractive enough. But that's okay. <laughs> Mike, you'll be on it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, very. You can tell, you can, you know, I don't know, discuss how to properly give fellatio to women or something. I don't well, know. Everybody what, on, that's all well, they that's do on the, that channel. That's the thing. Well, they aren't necessarily young. It's, it, uh, can you be 34 and act like a 20-year-old is, right. is what it is. And I just, I think I have too much world wariness in my face to even try to pull it off. <laughs> I agree. No, no, I disagree with the face, your beautiful face, but you, you have too much um, I'm, I'm class. obviously and, grown. Yeah, well, <laughs> maturity. Maturity, that's right perspective and you're not going to wilt to what yeah. you I don't I don't know if I could pretend to care <laughs> about whatever they're talking about oh but, they're um, talking yeah. about dental dams and a whole series of different <laughs> lubes and whatnot which is a fun conversation to have of course but you know they know they're talking to 12 year old girls like you've been tuning in I haven't been tuning in <laughs> don't, don't I don't have it on my phone right ben now Ben watches a, it I know I really Fuck don't these people I can't hate watch anything. I, there's not enough time to hate watch. That's what I always say. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So you got to the city three years ago, right? Yeah. So uh, four years in Chicago. Champagne, Champaign, Illinois. Well, um, yes. I, I Sometimes I just say Chicago well, every, and I reference The Illinois only reason I correct people be, is because, I'm, as I'm sure you noticed, like the, all the Champagne people came here in like a group. How many people and did you move here with? I moved by my, that's what I'm saying. I moved by myself. Right. So all the Chicago comics all started together and they've all been moving here. Right. So you said Chicago. Com- yeah. And so when people put me in with the Chicago comic, I didn't, I don't have the, 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 uh, what's the word? You know, they, they've come and now they help each other out and they're all on each. The I don't network, have that right. network. The, 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 no, totally. I'm not benefiting from it at all. I didn't know anyone from Chicago until I moved here. And I think that's such a brave uh, decision on your part, and it's bold. And not a lot of people uh, get enough credit for doing things alone. Everyone does things in mass right now. Everyone is so altruistic that's and it's pathetic. That's the best thing about stand-up, all by yourself. You get, But again, <laughs> you get so you, you reap all the uh, rewards, but then, of course, you also have to bomb alone. Well, now you can post on Facebook that 
get you bombed, and apparently you just get a bunch of back massages. People via... like me. Um... I guess so. <laughs> apparently they like, like to see you not do well, and then they feel better. I don't know. There's something There's something perverse going on with these comedians being nice. I don't trust it one bit. <laughs> well, you know, the, the only uh, part of the reason I posted it, because, you know, everyone posts all your good moments. Right. I just wanted to post a, a bad one. Yes. Everybody bombs. I bombed huge last night. That, that, yeah. that, that's all it was. Not that. And if a comedian posts something that's like really good going on in their life, it's not true. Right. Well, it's all a bunch <laughs> of violent lies. Well, no, it, it may it might be true, but in between all that has been some horrible shit happening. That's, right. <laughs> that's very and true. And one good thing happened. So no, that's wonderful. But moving here alone, I did the same thing from Wisconsin, and a lot of people. There was a New Orleans group uh, that came down. Sean Patton, very talented. Mark Norman, who's been on the show, love love that entire crew. The Chicago True Hannibal Burris, I believe uh, Pete Holmes was part of that uh, group. Uh, maybe not Pete Holmes, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a guy, Kenny DeForest and uh, Will Miles. Yeah. and uh, some really. Uh, it's a lot of Chicago comics. Right. A lot yeah. of Chicago and great guys, great guys. But they, they come here uh, I all together. wish I was in. Let me in, you guys. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're from Champagne, I'm so from Champagne. absolutely <laughs> not. Get your trashy ass out of here. Exactly. This is about Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Right. But that decision, I think, to move here alone is is so much more courageous than when people pack up with all of their friends and come here together with that sort of network. So when you landed, what was your first step for people who want to come to New York or move out to L.A., people who want to come into the entertainment industry? What's your first step into, you know, throwing yourself into the mix and starting to create that social network? Because that's really the Uh, most difficult thing to do is starting off in the entertainment business. I did recon for a year. Recon, what do you mean? I visited and stayed here for like two and a half weeks at a time. Yeah. And did the all the mics, the paid mics. And so I just, just feel like re- when you say recon, I picture you in the back with like, uh, you know, that's uh, how night I, vision goggles. Just that's like how scope. I thought of it. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to move because in the Midwest, I had already been doing clubs and, and I had been touring with Todd Barry and mm. stuff. I didn't want to come here and start all the way at the bottom again. Right. So I came before I moved and did all those mics and met people and I did um definitely like doing the festivals helped like Bridgetown I met people there yeah and so when I got here they're like oh Bridgetown you know what I mean I wasn't like a stranger so that's that helped me a lot so in Wisconsin uh Illinois and mm-hmm. uh, in that area would you say it's easier to break into the club scene there but there aren't nearly as many, um, I guess, alt no shows. I, I hate the word yeah. alt, by the way. It's just there yeah, are dip, yeah, there yeah, aren't yeah. there aren't any comedy shows at bookstores. They're not nearly as right. many as. There I mean, are that's here. what alt means to me now. Is that it's just not in a comedy club. I don't know right. what alt com like alt comedy doesn't exist anymore. Everything is all together now. But yeah, there's no. It's you know I started my first time doing stand up was in a biker bar in Champagne, like a a straight up biker bar. Right, right. And then I started and so. Uh, Champagne, where it's located, and uh, two hours in every direction is like a club. So there's Morty's and the Chuckle Fuck and yeah, jukebox they're always named and after somebody yeah. who died of lung cancer. <laughs> you know, it's always Morty's or like Bumblers or something. Right. So all those type of clubs. So I started driving to those every week, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I would drive to a new club, and that's how I started going in, getting right. into clubs, and then that's how you start meeting headliners that are coming through. And so that's how I started being able to go on the road with people through that way. So you met I don't know if it's easier, it's just a different way. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's I suppose um easier to the degree that you are immediately in front of a paying audience. 
that so it's easier to get paid to do comedy if you start in the Midwest, right? Yeah. But yeah. then, but then you have to drive two hours each way, right? And the industry <laughs> isn't there, so right. to some degree you're performing, but at some point you're just like, who cares if these idiots left? They're not going to get me a TV show. Well, I New wasn't York, thinking it, about that. That's right, the right, thing. Right. You don't think about. I, I didn't even. It didn't even cross my mind. I was just having. I, I was just saying the other day. I was having so much more fun doing stand up in the Midwest, not knowing about industry or <coughs> and having to get a, a manager or right. writing or none of that shit like ever crossed my mind. <laughs> right until I got here. Has the industry, because of the entertainment industry itself? Has uh, has that dampened your love for stand up, or you still love doing stand up? No, I still love doing stand up, but it's just um, you you have to catch yourself every once in a while when when those things invade your thoughts, right? right. What you're so, supposed to be doing, supposedly, instead of what you are doing. Um, so right, so you're talking about like the industry showcases and things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, these key holders, there's uh, the the gate, uh, you know, key holders. Um, in the comedy industry, they can have people talk about comedians having egos and entertain entertainers having egos. I have found the most egotistical people are the industry, right? Because they fancy them. They they like to play. They God. hold the power. Yeah. They hold the power theoretically, Theoretic, even though you can right. leapfrog right, right over them. Right. Michael Che has a great story. The great Michael Che, who's a good friend of both of ours, uh, who is now on Weekend Update on SNL. And I mean, his career just took off so quick mm-hmm. and is a lovely guy. Couldn't happen to a better person. But uh, he was talking about uh, Just for Laughs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't let him do it the first two years. Then he got extremely successful and they begged him to come right, back. Right. And he's like, absolutely not. And then eventually he did it, but they had to pay him a bunch of money in order to fly right. it out there. So, so yeah. You yeah. can leapfrog all of that yeah. stuff. I've done that already. I mean, not Just for Laughs, but I've gone around people who've told me that I can't do something. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, that takes a, a lot of the joy out of it. And it's not only the industry, it's like other comics, too. So you get here and everybody's like super insecure, worrying about what everybody else is doing. And then, you know, uh, one thing that uh, always like makes me falter is when another comic is like, you didn't get whatever. <laughs> Just yeah. that question like fucks me up for like a couple days because then yeah. that's something I didn't even know about. And now I felt like, should I have gotten that? Am I a failure? Right, <laughs> Because right, I right. didn't get. And so, and, and sometimes, or most of the time, that's them just projecting their shit onto you. Of you course. Know? So It's yeah. nonstop projection. That's... That doesn't happen in the Midwest, <laughs> really. No. Nobody's uh, jealous of your, well, I guess. It's all levels, but it, yeah, it's just more of it here, more bullshit. Yeah, they're just they're jealous if you got like the last mozzarella stick. And it's like I can't believe you got that. <laughs> well, we get so little. I mean, and then the other that you know, in on the, the other hand, well, in the Midwest, but uh, everywhere, I then understand it. The reason it doesn't fuck me up too bad, I understand it because we get so little as comics. Right. So anything is like anybody getting anything is like oh god. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I got to be proud. You know, all all ships rise together. <laughs> um, so it's good to be around successful people. Um, what do you think about those shows, like the ones on Access TV or the, uh, did you do the, what was it, the Laughs on Fox? I did they not. Don't, they don't pay at all. No. We're, I mean, what do, you, what do you think is happening with the industry for, on that level? None of, very rarely do you get paid at shows. Obviously, the comedy clubs will give you $20 uh, for a spot. But for the most part, you get a two-drink uh, you get a, a, a drink ticket, maybe two drinks if it's a really well-funded show. Mm-hmm. 
and the bar really loves the, uh, loves the uh, uh, producers. Where have we fallen off as far as paying comics? Or are there, is the market just so saturated that there's no reason to pay them at all? Well, uh, yeah, there's no reason to pay us at all because there's always someone who will do it for free. That's right. really what it is. Yeah. And I think then, but this is before my time, but I remember um, there was the whole thing with Ted Alexandro that yes. he was trying to get a strike going or some type of comedy union so that we all get paid. And, and, and that resulted in like the seller, like raising it from 15 to 25 or whatever. Right. But that like fucked his whole career up because he became like a pariah for a minute. But the point it, the point was nobody, everybody didn't rally around him. There well, were there were people who were like, "I don't need to get paid," which is right. How the man wins. <laughs> um, Ted Alexander is a great comedian. Uh, go on YouTube and find yeah, him. He's yeah. done, done Letterman just countless times. Uh, he's very politically active right now. We know he does a lot with the Black Lives Matters movement and um, a lot with the um, not occupy. I forget the name. He does something mm-hmm. when it comes to the uh, problems of wealth disparity. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with everything he says, but he's a very uh, kind man mm-hmm. and uh, and a great performer. Mm-hmm. Do you think the problem is that as the the personality type that would go into stand up comedy? Is a, it's more uh, Ayn Rand than uh, Gore Vidal, don't you think? I mean, it's more like about the individual. The idea of a stand-up comedy union almost seems to me yeah. uh, impossible because. <clears throat> well, it's I might so- be. <clears throat> I might be misspeaking on the union thing, but I no, know no, he wanted. I remember that. You, it was you, a union. It was okay, a union, yeah. and, and, and it's happened before. Um, but the personality type that takes that yeah. it requires to be a good stand-up doesn't necessarily correlate well with right. working together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't. So I don't know, and it. I don't know what is gonna fix that. <laughs> and it's getting, right. and it is really saturated. And I'm I'm part of the problem. I'm only seven years in. It's still a baby. I'm like one of the new people still. You know what I mean? Right. So there's so many comedians that you'll always find somebody that will do it for less and for nothing. So. So who was the was there a stand up uh, in particular that inspired you to start doing it? No, uh, I was um, uh, going through a lot of fucked up life shit. Yeah. And <laughs> um, my husband had always said that I was super funny and. He ran into someone in town who was doing the open mic and he just came home and was like, you should do this open mic. Because I was just never leaving the house and shit because I was depressed. And I was like, "Okay." And I went down and I watched it and I was like, well, I know I'm funnier than these dudes, (laughs) you know, like how a lot of people start. And so I just started doing it as like a get out of the house release thing. But the first time I did it and I didn't bomb too hard, I I was obsessed. Like, yeah, I. I started like obsessively doing like chasing stand up for yeah. so, you know that's so funny because I never really watched stand up uh, growing up that much um, because it's a, it's a little cerebral and you sort of have to have a social context um, to really find jokes funny like I would watch Carlin and he's a genius but I just wouldn't understand the what he was really discussing well no I liked um but when I was talking, when I was like yeah. eleven or ten, you know, I like stand up, but I only I didn't know that there were people that you never heard of that were comics. Right, like that's that's still like astonishing when I meet people who are making a living at this and you've never heard of them. Right, so I just knew there's Chappelle's, there's Pryor, there's but it never I never thought about how you become a comic. Like it just didn't even 
right. cross my mind as a job that you would have. Yeah, and there are so many, there are many comedians who make a lot of money yeah. that are just not household names. Yeah. The number one comedian in the world is, um, oh my God, he, well, ironically, his I'm blanking on his name. He's filled out, <laughs> he's filled um, auditoriums for d- decades. Mark, uh, uh, Mike, you know who I'm talking about? Filled auditoriums for decades. Yes, yes, <laughs> this comedian. Not- He's not. I mean, he's sort of famous. He was supposed to be kind of what Seinfeld became. Mm. Um, the white fella. He You're does not talking the, about Regan. Brian I'm Regan? talking about Brian Regan. Okay. Oh, That's well, what I'm I talking that. about. I didn't. I thought. No, Brian. <laughs> you said Regan. auditoriums. That makes me feel like lunchrooms or something. He's no, crushing he's, the lunchroom. He's crushing. I've seen him way all, bigger spaces than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, do even you, gymnasiums. Do you not think he's a household name though? Brian no. Regan isn't close you to a household no. name. He's not no. even close. I wouldn't even say that he's well. He is. Look at no, he is absolutely no. not a household name. Another okay. one that I was just talking about is uh, Jackie Cation. Like mm. she makes you know a hundred thousand dollars a year or and above, and nobody really. But she just does the road like yeah. fifty weeks, you know, out of the out of the year, and that's and that's it. But I so I just didn't know that that life existed or that people. Ch- become stand-up comedian like I, it just never i just wanted to get out of the house <laughs> right which is a when perfect that's a perfect reason to start yeah getting out of the house is uh you know it's <laughs> a great thing to do no reason to uh, put yourself and, on house confinement like you're the cannibal cop <laughs> you haven't committed any crime take the ankle uh, ankle a uh, mental ankle bracelet off and go and perform uh, do, do you like that as, as a um as a lifestyle the lifestyle of an on the road comic, yes. a road comedian. Do you enjoy that? Yes. And what is it about the road that you like? Because you know, I, I have some hesitation because you're you're in different places, meeting different people, which is totally fine. Uh, different hotel rooms and things like that, and then the driving. You just said all of the four things that I like. You I like, like these things. <laughs> I like driving. I like meeting new, going new places, meeting new people. And uh, what was the other one? You said hotels. I like hotels. What about a motel? Motel. I just I like being by myself. I'm a loner with my thoughts, and yeah, yeah, I I like it. And you get. What was your favorite comedy club or city that you've seen so far? Oh, well, not not by myself. All the places I go with Hannibal are always good. But um, by myself, my favorite club was the Jukebox in Peoria, Illinois. Peoria. Yes. Because there's some fucking characters out there. Yeah. It's. I mean, I know as a boy from Wisconsin, Peoria was always considered a relatively dangerous place. Yeah, and it's not. No. (laughs) Again, for a boy from Wisconsin, everything was a dangerous place. Everybody's just like on whippets or whatever the fuck kind of (laughs) trashy shit they do out there. But I had never been in that type of. (laughs) I haven't thought about a whippet in forever. I'll tell you, when we were in uh, uh, in high school, we used to go to that um, uh, the confection store. The, the cake sh- uh, store quite regularly uh, to get the whippets. He must have thought we were we were amazing bakers. <laughs> I don't think we ever made a pie or a cake. That's for damn sure. Couldn't yeah, get I enough just... of the whippet to get a cracker. The whole thing. <laughs> I just had never hung around like a, a misfits like that before, yeah. and I just like made really good friends and like regulars, and I would constantly be the only black person there but it was all chill and yeah yeah i really like that do you miss the freedom of the midwest a lot of people come to new york city thinking that you can do whatever you want that no one it's like this is the place where you can really um you know say no holds barred yeah say whatever no yeah yeah (laughs) new york is ironically very restrictive yeah i gotta Uh, get out of here at least every couple months yeah. or else I'll go crazy. Yeah. No, I do miss the freedom of not just the Midwest, but just going on a road anywhere but here or L.A. Because <laughs> right. 
performances here are you're performing for industry. You never know who's in the audience and, mm-hmm. or you're building your late night set or you don't really get to stretch out. It's 10 minutes and in, in below and, and right. you go on the road, you can do a half hour, you can do an hour, you fuck around, crowd work, all that stuff. Uh, you don't get to do all that fun shit here until you're famous. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I miss it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you make sure to get out. That is one of the biggest misconceptions about New York City, yeah. that it's uh, that it's just some liberal bastion no, of freedom. I've had, never had more people boo me than here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like that. Boo. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> An actual audible boo. <laughs> because of whatever you said that's offensive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What was one of the more offensive things that you've said on stage that you were a little bit surprised they took offense to? Because the sensitivity... Uh, of New York is different. Uh, every different, you know, area in this country, uh, sensitivities are different. Yeah, um, I mean, I think one thing with here is they don't even let you finish the joke. Sometimes it's just the setup. It's like, well, let me. What's an example of a setup that just got think, you uh, like a, a boo? Probably, probably, ironically, from some white uh, woman liberal in Williamsburg who fancies herself a uh, <laughs> a, a, a total freedom uh, fighter, and they see a black woman on stage discussing something real and like. That is that's racist. Yeah, I there's can't. nothing more ironic than uh, these white people in Williamsburg who call other uh, people racist, and then they'll even call uh, uh, you know a, a Hispanic person making a Hispanic joke. They'll call him racist for making a Hispanic joke. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I fell on no spot now because now I'm, I'm I'm freezing in my brain. I'll think. Oh, it doesn't matter. It will. Yeah, unfreeze it. it it's no or just, big deal. Yeah, boo or awe or whatever. Oh, I hate, everything what's worse? Just... What is worse, the boo or the awe? <laughs> the awe. I fucks hate me up. I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I hate it all. Like, I had a a joke about my dad dying, and they, you know, I'm like, obviously, if I'm doing a joke about it, it's not, I'm not looking for your, (laughs) I don't want to hug, you know what I mean? Like, let me tell my joke. It just fucks up your whole flow or or, or whatever. It's insulting. Yeah. Because it it sort of has this undercurrent of, like, I hate hate being pitied, and I hate, uh, you know, just um, feeling... People, it's it, it allows people to feel almost empowered over you, don't you think? Yeah. When they awe you, like you've yeah. already worked through all the stages of grief, right? This and is now, now, right. now you're making me sad about something that I've already gotten over, right. <laughs> and now in and, and now can make jokes about it. Yeah. So, but I think part of that is comedians' fault too. Like the whole new comedy, this interactive, conversational style that some people do that allows audiences to feel like they can speak to you or or. Or be part of the show. I don't like that at all. I don't want you don't like anybody that. talking to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll gab. You come to see a Ben Kissel live show. We will talk. Well, that's so. I'm not saying you're doing the wrong thing, but <laughs> what I'm saying is now people think that everyone is like that. Right, right, right. That's right. not the type of show that I'm running. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so if I haven't done any crowd work or spoken to you yet why then in the middle of my set would you then think you can like just have a conversation with me or right. you know so and you get that a lot more um in new york because people are either entertainers themselves fancy themselves uh entertainers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or just have um egos that yeah. are and they don't respect the art at all because they're surrounded by so much of it yeah. that you sort of you know, lose sight of how unique it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel when you go uh, uh, outside of the city, the audiences are more respectful? Yeah, it's a... Oh. Even if they're doing whippets in Peoria, yes. at the very least, they're just sitting there they're, and they're still engaged. In, in other places, I mean, and part of it is ain't shit else happening, so stand-up is like an event. People right. are dressed, it's a date, 
they paid money. They came to laugh, you know, openly and to have fun. Or, or So, yeah, they're way more appreciative. And they come up, like, after, like, thank you for coming to my town and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And they, and everybody's not like, oh, you know, I could do that. Like, nobody says that outside right. of New York and L.A. It, it's a, in my experience, come up to you after, like, I could be a comedian in in other places they're like how could you do this this is amazing you know so i don't know yeah. right would you, <laughs> would you ever like to go out to los angeles i mean i know you've been out to la mm-hmm. would you ever like to move there for the scene what's the difference do you know what the difference is between the comedy scenes are in la and yeah. here? just i don't know for sure but in my experience more you go to la if you want to be on tv right and new york is more about the stand-up it itself pure purely like there's more people here who are like I'm a stand up rather than I'm a comedian. I think that's two different things. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. So how do you so a stand up? Do you think do you hold true because a lot of stand up comedians, um, they have a, a narrow idea of uh, of what the art should be. Mm-hmm. Do you hold true to that that it should just be very I guess a reference point maybe a Nick DiPaolo style mm. as opposed to somebody like um, oh let's just say Carrot Top. Oh, they're, they're both, are they, they are both comedians, yeah. but you would say that, you know. Well, uh, the only reason I make the distinction now is because there are people who are have the title of comedians who've never been on stage. So, so like so Nicole Arbor, who is like a YouTube star. Right. So I, I'm a stand-up. I right. do stand-up comedy, and she's a comedian, quote-unquote. But YouTube doing, celebrity. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so Does that make... Yeah, does, whatever you do on stage is your thing, and that's still stand up. Whatever style you do, but all comedians aren't stand ups. Right, right. And uh, Janelle has a great web series. Check it out. What's it called again, Janelle? Web series. It's called web series. <laughs> so just Google it, and it should be the first thing that pops up. Hopefully, you just get a lot of hits. Yeah. With people just randomly googling <laughs> yeah. web series. I watched the latest one, or maybe not the latest one, one two weeks ago, mm. and you made a great reference to Cocoon. Yeah. Which is a very fun movie about the elderly. <laughs> Which is true. Uh, so obviously you have uh, YouTube success in your own right. Do you get upset with the, the Vine stars, Instagram stars, YouTube stars, or do you think it's actually relatively good and everyone is sort of getting a seat at the table because social media is allowing them to be seen? I don't think it's good, but I don't get upset. Is that, okay. is that, <laughs> like, totally I don't fun. care. Like uh, I totally get why it exists and what they're doing. I don't get it, which proves that I'm old because yeah. I watch it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's beyond me. It's nothing. Oftentimes, yeah, <laughs> these vlogs and things like that are absolute nonsense. But the, their audience likes it. Right. It's not for me. And why would I be upset? And I don't think that they're taking anything away from They can't do what I do. The only thing that makes me upset is when people try to act like because that's happening, that makes what we're doing obsolete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, I would hope that it can coexist. But right. I don't get upset over it. Like Wendy's is going automated. The workers at Wendy's are all going to be fired, and it's going to be taken over by machines, and I can't wait. I love a machine-made Baconator. Stand-up comedy, stand-up comedians. There is a robot stand-up now. Are you concerned the machines are coming? No. He, okay. I, I saw the robot. He's not good. He, but he's getting better. He's, no. Wait, well, wait until he's seven years in. Well, the robot's seven years in. Wait, wait, wait. When he finds his voice. He's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so, creepy. Right, right, but right, you right. know, but they are. I've heard rumblings like stand up is uh, archaic and it's a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, old art form. And what do you think but, about uh, the college campus crisis right now? And I do believe it's a crisis because education in this country has completely failed us. 
the PC, and I, you know, I know political correctness, it's been a little bit convoluted, and I agree with people being like, uh, some people just say extremely racist or insensitive things, and then they get demonized for it, and they're like, political correctness, and it's like, no, you are allowed to be called out when you are being a total piece of shit. But then, of course, there are other, uh, you know, areas where it's much more of a gray, uh, gray area and people should be allowed to express themselves. When it comes to college campuses uh, and political correctness, safe spaces, this is a whole new generation that we're beginning to – we see it all the time in Williamsburg. These young kids, I mean, it just blows your mind what will make them uh, – you know, what, what triggers them. And I hate the term tra- – it's like so ridiculous. Do you feel like stand-up comedy is going through in uh, a time of uh, mass importance? Is this one of the more important times to be a stand-up? Are we sort of going back? Have we circled back to that Lenny Bruce era, uh, era where, you know, we have to start breaking down? Or, you know, even, even you know, early 90s when Dee Snyder went and spoke to Congress, you know, when Tipper Gore was trying to get the parental vi- uh, advisories on everything, which completely backfired and every single kid would only buy a CD if it had a parental advisory right. uh, stamp on it. Do you think this is now sort of a, a time... For stand-up comedians, is it the last, you know, bastion of uh, free speech in the country? Um, okay, the last part I might agree with uh, as far as it being the last bastion of, of free speech. Because I, I still feel like I could say whatever I want. But um, as far as um, this being the, what did you say, the most important I mean, a very not the most important, but another, you know, sort of Lenny Bruce or early yeah, 90s. I just don't know who that is, though. Who is the Lenny? That's I don't think we're, we have one right now. Who is that Carlin or or, or Bruce or who's speaking? Well, I mean, somebody like, uh, you know, uh, Hannibal, who you open for regularly. Hannibal I mean, he pushes really, the envelope quite regularly. I don't think so. No, no. I mean, I think um, nobody's really speaking about issues like like those old comics used to um i mean hannibal i love him and he's a, a really good comedian and whatever, oh, yes. but most of his stand-up is about partying and, <laughs> yeah. and, and like nobody's really doing social social issues anymore so right if it is uh an important time i don't know who is representing that yeah yeah i mean his uh, obviously cosby and hannibal go hand in hand now and i'm sure hannibal isn't necessarily thrilled uh, with sort of being, but yeah, but even that joke wasn't like a uh, takedown of rape or anything. It was just a one-off right comment about. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, everyone's like Hannibal told the yeah, joke. Like, I think that was a sentence. I mean, he has but, a he I, has a joke now where he says, you know, people were writing him like, "Thank you for taking down." Kind. He's like, "Don't forget, I'm a huge misogynist. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> Not that I don't really care, but so I wasn't doing it. Something to he said in between. Speak drinks truth of water. to power against rape or anything. Right. I was just saying, how dare you tell us." pull our pants up when you're a rapist it was just like a it's something he had been saying for months and it just happened to be recorded at that time and and, and put on the internet like yeah so yeah. i don't know who yeah i don't know who the carlin or i don't know who that is i don't know who it is, is it it brian been, regan i hear he's doing cafeterias <laughs> <laughs> it could have been Chappelle for a little bit because he he's the, the last person i, I really uh, that was really popular that I uh, remember. What about somebody about. like What about somebody like Amy Schumer? Do you th- do you feel like she's pushing the envelope, or uh, I mean, she's pushing the envelope for certain uh, a certain uh, demographic. Yeah. Uh, so, I think Amy Schumer is really really smart in that she seems to be 
I'll probably get in trouble for this, but whatever. Uh, she seems to be um, molding herself with whatever is happening. So when she first came out, she was more offensive, I guess. And then people were upset about what she was saying, the race stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then when this whole second, what is it, second or third wave feminism? Third uh, wave. This is fourth wave. Fourth wave this feminism. Is fourth, it is. Yeah. Started tracking. She totally molded herself in that vein. And I so see. now she's become the the front woman for that for that movement but, the, I but think isn't that what but isn't that what social com, uh commentary comedians would have to do yeah but i don't it's still not in her act she's still mm. not you know what i mean her right, act right. is still about getting drunk and fucking and sucking dick and stuff yeah. so <laughs> which is fine but oh yeah yeah that's not carlin gets up and actually it's almost like being in a, a lecture but with jokes <laughs> you right, know what i mean right, like right. serious issues that he's made funny yeah do you feel like there is a double standard when it comes to beauty, sexiness, and, and humor? Male comedians, Louis C.K. Like shit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, the guy's covered in crumbs. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Extremely funny. But then females, then you have, you know, uh, you have to be sexy and funny, but you can't be too sexy. Otherwise, people aren't going to be able to listen to your words. We had Ayana Dukey on here recently, and she was discussing how she uh, does not uh, dress seductively right. because, you know, she has a... Yeah, I've stopped uh, doing... I look like total shit on stage now. Um, not... Uh, what is it? Um, Yeah, well, when I, I used to dress up more, not in a sexy way, but just like, oh, I'm dressed, this is a performance, and I'm giving you my performance wear. Right. And now I really, really dress down because I'm feeling like... Just pay attention to what, just take these jokes. You know what I mean? Right. That's all I have to offer. And also it lessens the amount of people, men, that come up to you and try to accost you after the show. Right, <laughs> Which is right. something that I think male comedians don't have to deal with. But as far as... Oh, no. I mean, male comedians are just waiting by the waiting. door. And then they're like, all the women are walking by and I was just on stage. And then if nobody says good show or yeah. comes up to you and talks to you, you have to... Uh, Get the last time I drunk. wore a skirt on stage, a huge guy picked me up after, like picked me up off the ground after the show, and I never wore a skirt. Like I never wore a skirt again. It was but, that traumatizing. Huh? Yeah. Chris Christie was in the crowd. Is that right? <laughs> Big old fat Christie picked up Janelle James like, after a stand-up set. You're a huge dude. I don't know if you can even imagine what it feels like to just get picked up. I was all, only against your will. Yeah, I was picked up one time by a man who is seven feet tall and he's a pro wrestler. I swear to God. His is Goldwyn. He's injured now. And did but you he, also uh, feel like you were going to die like I did? Oh, I was terrified. <laughs> he put me over his shoulders. I mean, the whole world spun in front of my eyes. I thought it was going down for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I uh, I, I did, uh, you know, feel like I was a damsel. And that was kind of um, nice. That was kind of refreshing, I mean, I'm going to say. But I did um, with uh, the whole you have to be a, a certain look. Yeah, if you're going towards TV. But as far as stand-up, like the pure stand-up, I think those beauty ideals are still in the white woman world. Like okay. I don't really feel that <laughs> that yeah. I have to look a certain way um, in order to do stand-up. But I think white women, probably the blondes and stuff, feel like they have to look a certain way in order to then go off and do movies and all of that. Right, that right. Shit. So again, it's more of the stepping I'm still stone like, thing. Somebody look at. Black people, that's where I am still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not, I'm even before the what do I look like, I'm just like, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right, 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 right. So, um, Oh, my God. All right, well, we got to wrap it up. I'm sorry, it's a little bit short. I was a little bit late. Oh, no getting, full disclosure, I was a little bit late getting here, ladies and gentlemen. I was stuck on the F train. God damn it. Um, all right. <laughs> but, Janelle, uh, 
What? Uh, let's just see. Uh, what's going on with you right now? What's coming up? Anything exciting happening? Yeah, I got to finally like some kind of network thing for NBC that I'm filming uh, Tuesday next week. It's called uh, Night Train with Wyatt Sinat. Wyatt Sinat got like a... Uh, awesome. Remember when, uh, what's his name? John... John Oliver, John Oliver had the, Oliver? Oliver, Oliver had his stand-up show. Yeah. So Wyatt has gotten something in that same format. So awesome. That'd be my first like industry approval type thing nice. that I'm um, doing next Tuesday. That's so cool. And this is going to be airing on television. It's going to be airing on television and also NBC's CISO, which is their digital platform. That awesome. They're, they're they've launched like a whole comedy. Thing, uh, internet thing, which I guess is the wave of the future, where everything's going. That's the wave yeah. of the present. Yeah, <laughs> present, yeah, yeah it yeah. is here. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh. Awesome, Janelle. Thank you so much for coming in. And uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Are you just at Janelle James? At Janelle J Comic, and my website is JanelleJamesComedy.com, where you can find everything. That's perfect. All right. Find Mike Coscarelli on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli, and make sure to listen to his podcast, Social Villains. It's amazing. He does it with this guy, Gene Getman. He's a funny fellow. And uh, you can check out my other shows on Cave Comedy Radio, Abel Against Top Hat, the last podcast on the left, and the roundtable of gentlemen. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And um, let's see, I'll be on Red Eye December 14th. So uh, stay, stay awake until 3 o'clock in the morning. I guess it's technically December 15th because it's 3 a.m. Anyway, all right, everyone, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you.